0: Hello and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpey. And
1: I'm Pete Torpey.
2: I still get emails at least every week from readers, newly blind adults who say, your book has given me hope. I mean, what else could anyone ever want?
1: And that was today's guest talking about the series of books she wrote that are about a blind protagonist, the latest of which is Over Every Hurdle.
0: We'll speak with best-selling author Barbara Hinsky, who wrote the Guiding Emily series, and with Julie Rock, the manager of adult and transition services at the Foundation for Blind Children, about how they interacted to make this series of books possible. But first, for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Julie Rock.
3: I think the tip for the week should absolutely be, if you haven't already read the first two Guiding Emily books, absolutely get those two read so that you can be ready for this new release, because I have read it, and it is absolutely wonderful. It just takes you to the next step. I just don't think anything could be more fun than reading those three books.
1: Support for Eyes on Success is provided by
0: aphconnectcenter.org, empowering people toward independence and success by providing blogs, information, and resources for individuals of all ages who are blind or visually impaired. Information and referral line are at 1-800-232-5463.
2: You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start
0: by meeting Barbara and Julie and learning about how the interaction between the author and the Foundation for Blind Children got started.
1: Today, we're pleased to invite back a guest we've had on the show several times before. But for people who may not know you or don't remember, Barbara, maybe you can tell us who you are and what you do.
2: Thank you, Peter. Um, I'm Barbara Hinsky, and I'm an author, a novelist. I've written a series that focuses the protagonist is a newly blind woman and her guide dog. And the first book in the series is Guiding Emily, which is currently being turned into a movie. And The Unexpected Path was the second book, and now um, I am launching the third book, Over Every Hurdle. I write other things as well. Well,
1: congratulations on the movie. That's really exciting.
2: Thank you. I'm real excited about that.
1: Do you know who's going to be starring in it?
2: No. I believe the movie will have the same name as the book, Guiding Emily, and I'm a paid consultant, so I have to be there during filming.
0: And this is not the first of your books that's being turned into a movie. You've been through this before.
2: I have. My Christmas novella, The Christmas Club, was made into a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie, the same name in 2019. And today's other
1: guest is Julie. Maybe you can tell our listeners who you are and what your special relationship to Barbara is.
3: Gladly. So my name is Julie Rock, and I manage an adult comprehensive program that is funded by VR at the Foundation for Blind Children. And we help people who have either lost vision recently or maybe their vision has increased, they've finished high school, and they're ready to either move on or retain employment, retain their job. And so we help them learn the skills they're gonna need for that job. So we met Barb when she came in for a tour and had some questions and decided to write this book and did some interviewing about what is it we do. And I've now been working with Barb for about five years, and it's been quite the joy.
1: Now, although Barbara is sighted, I understand you are blind, Julie.
3: I have low vision. I'm legally blind. I have something called Stargardt's maculopathy, which means I have central vision loss. The symptoms are similar to age related macular degeneration. My came on when I was in high school. I actually played basketball, varsity all the way through high school. Um, It really hasn't stopped me from doing anything except driving, but the time came when my vision was low enough that I absolutely needed assistive technology. I used JAWS, which I'm sure you listeners have heard you talk about before, as well as magnification, And, and I just do a lot of use of all of the different blindness skills that are needed by those of us that are either blind or visually impaired.
0: And I gather you have a guide dog who was maybe the model for Emily's
3: guide dog in the book? Well, I would leave that up to Barb to speak to, but I will say that my dog, Neoki with a G, like the little Italian potato dumpling, um, came from Guide Dogs for the Blind. He happens to be a black Labrador. He's been with me for eight years, and he is quite the wonder dog, I must say. Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, Neoki is definitely the prototype for Garth. Um, I just can't tell you what a joy it was that that tour of the Foundation for Blind Children, where I saw the work that Julie and others were doing and I was brought to tears and I said, what do you need? And they said, well, you know, nonprofit, we need money and we need to raise the awareness in the sighted community of the isolation that visually impaired people often feel. And I said, well, I can do that. I'm an analyst. write a book about that and shine a light on it. And I can donate proceeds and and do those things. And so they were incredibly supportive of me in doing my research because I knew nothing about this really. So Julie introduced me to the guide dog world and let me see how she works with her guide. And I attended counseling sessions and talked to the doctors and got white cane training and So the foundation has been remarkable. And in that, I mean, sometimes you work with people professionally and then you just form such an affinity with someone. And Julie's that person for me, I think. We don't talk all the time, but when we do, we're so glad that we've made contact. And I have to tell you, she is a remarkable dog trainer. Both of my unruly dogs and I have and I think I'm mostly the problem in the dog training because I wasn't very good at it. But I've been to her dog training classes, and now I've got really well-behaved little puppies, and it's a joy. So she's a remarkable person. Eyes on Success
0: is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill.
1: Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is Barbara Hinsky's new
0: book, Over Every Hurdle, the sequel to Guiding Emily and the Unexpected Path, which we've talked about in prior shows, and how the Foundation for Blind Children was involved in the creation of this series of books.
1: Well, Barbara, this is a fun series of books that you've put together, starting out with Emily, who goes blind suddenly on her honeymoon in the first book, and then taking us through her life as she learns blindness skills and copes with being blind professionally and personally, and now your new book takes that even a little bit further. Tell us a little bit about the new book.
2: The new book will be called Over Every Hurdle, um, and this has two dogs on the cover. It's got Garth, the black lab, and Biscuit, who is a yellow lab, uh, based upon another guide dog I know from Foundation for Blind Children. So we've got another blind main character in the book and her guide dog. In this book, we've got Emily facing work challenges where people really don't think she's all that capable. And she is, and she shows them that she can do the same jobs, probably even a little bit better. She has some relationship issues. And one of her employees, she's a manager in her job, in an IT kind of job, programming job. And one of her employees is on the spectrum. And so it's also got his journey in there and his meeting someone and a romance of his. So it's got lots of lots of educational things, I think. I hope that they're just all entertaining and affirming looks at people living real life with the abilities they have, no matter what they are. You've been very
0: generous and you've given us an advanced copy of each book before we've interviewed you for the show, which is terrific. And we've both read them all and really enjoyed them. And my impression of the three books is in the first book, Emily suddenly goes blind and she really needs to come to terms with that. And she's just first beginning to learn blindness skills. And in the second book, she de- develops independence and confidence and, you know, goes back to work and gets on with her life. And in the third book, it's like, well, yeah, I know she's blind, but she's just doing her life. And, it, you know, it, it really shown the progression of her acceptance of her blindness, but also that it doesn't need to be an impediment to anything and that she can just be like anybody else except she happens not to see.
2: I'm thrilled to hear that because that's what I was going for. And, you know, honestly, I think of you and Pete, when I write these scenes between couples and eventually Emily, no, I don't think this is a spoiler. She's going to have children. Stephanie's going to have children and they're going to be blind parents and no surprise, they're going to be doing the things all parents do with all children. And it needs to be seen as not remarkable. It needs to be seen as as natural. That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm hoping for.
1: The other thing I think is interesting about this whole journey of yours is that being fully sighted, you knew very little about blindness and the blindness community, how people get around in life. But through your association with the Foundation for Blind Children, you actually learned a lot about blindness yourself and incorporated all of that knowledge into these books.
2: Yes, that that was very important to me. And my readers love that. And I think that we have hit the mark in terms of people constantly in my reviews and in emails say, I had no idea blind people could do that. Okay, well, this is what we're going for. mm
0: mm-hmm. So, Julie, as Barb's coach and guide, if you will, through her path of learning blindness skills, are you satisfied with how well she's been able to depict that facet of Emily's life?
3: Well, this is what's great about what Barbara does. So, she came in and did interview after interview with instructors, with students. She watched, as she said, she even put on a blindfold at one point and worked with an instructor to learn orientation and mobility with a cane so she could see what is it like to go out there when I can't see. Putting herself in that position is huge. Also just had some great natural insight. So she seemed to just have a good way of asking the right questions, which was really important. Um, She would kind of talk about, am I getting it? This is what I think. And then as she has written each book, she has sent copies out. I know that she has always let me read rough drafts to say, am I on the right track? Am I hitting the mark? And even if there were little tiny things that we brought up just to say, I don't know if this is worth changing, but then she would make that decision. And I think being just so open to learning and to Listening to what's going on with other people, and then just having that kind of mindset where she can understand and read people. I think some of that's just natural, and that's just who Barb is.
2: Thank you. If I can interject one funny aspect, the guide dog parts are the diciest because the West Coast guide dog people and the East Coast guide dog people don't do everything exactly the same, and there is very little tolerance of the difference. If you are on the West Coast and that East Coast way is wrong.
1: How funny. What are some of the major differences you've seen in that regard?
2: Well, I can't. Now that I'm spouting off, I can't put my finger on them, but I've had emails about, oh, we would never do this or that. Oh, I know one was Kongs, Kongs with peanut butter. Doesn't that just, you know, those plastic or those rubberized things that dogs love filled with peanut butter and then they keep yeah. busy looking? Okay whoever would have thought that that was you know a a hanging offense giving a dog a kong but i got called to the carpet by some of the east coast people for for that so there you go how funny yeah so unfortunately garth will never get another kong cuz i'm not calling <laughs> but he
0: does get cheese doodles from drove
2: oh and i get those and i get scolded for that too but it's just you know cinematic Vehicle of fun. And I guess one in the beginning of every book and one at the end. I think we'll live through that.
1: It is kind of fun how you write some chapters from the dog's perspective. And I'm always interested to see what the dogs are thinking. And then Zoe
0: has a dog who's not a guide dog. Zoe's a sighted child that's a big factor in Emily's life. And it's interesting to read Garth, the guide dogs opinion of how badly trained this dog is who's not been through guide dog
1: training.
2: I think that's realistic. I do think Mm -hmm. families have dogs, and some of them are not very well trained.
1: You've seen a number of those.
2: (laughs) I like the dog chapters because sometimes, particularly in the first book, as she's descending into despair over losing her sight, it would be a very heavy book if we didn't have the lighter chapters of Garth learning to be a guide dog. So it helped elevate it.
1: The other thing I like about this series of books is for people who aren't blind, they don't generally have a lot of interactions with people who are blind. They know nothing about the blind world. And there's a great introduction and a very realistic introduction to what it's like to be blind in a primarily sighted world.
2: You know, I know from my own personal experience, when I was working in corporate America as a lawyer, there was a blind man on the floor above me. And we had met because we both worked for the same company, but we didn't interface very often. And I remember once in a while, I would see him, he would go to a meeting on my floor, he'd be in the hallway. And I would just step aside so that he could get by me, thinking I just want to get out of his way. That was crazy. I mean, he he heard me breathing. He knew somebody was there. I should have said, hey, John, is Barb from legal. How are you doing today? I thought I was being polite, and instead I was probably being a little bit hurtful. So I'm glad I know better now. And adults are afraid
1: to ask questions or interact in a different way because of that type of uncertainty. You know, I worked for years as a research scientist at Xerox, and it wasn't until Bring Your Kid to Work Day where some of my colleagues would bring their children into my office and they'd say, oh, is that how you do your work? Seeing my screen reader and braille display, etc.
3: That is so interesting. And I also like that this last book, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything but enticing people to read it, that you bring up some of the challenges she does face when she's traveling. So you aren't candy coating things, that it's always easy, it's always perfect. Well, Garth will make sure everything goes just right. Sometimes, and it doesn't matter if you're visually impaired or fully sighted, you're going to have challenges when you travel. But you hit on some of the the real challenges at the end of the day can have you quite frustrated.
1: Yes, that's for sure. And in addition,
0: Pete and I were talking about this, like how you were able to capture the tone and some of the stuff that goes on in a technical work group cuz we were both in corporate research and we lived that life we were really impressed and you even captured some of the residual sexism that still exists unfortunately and you treated that pretty sensitively too
2: thank you i you know i certainly am close enough to corporate america to realize all the politics and the turf protection And all that maddening stuff that is part and parcel of that daily life has nothing to do with anybody being sighted or blind. But, yeah, it's not helpful.
1: But it is part of life, as you indicate with uh, your books. Yeah. We talked a lot about how Barb's association with the Foundation for Blind Children changed her perspective on blindness and life in general. And I'm wondering, Julie, the reverse— what impact it's had on your organization?
3: Well, part of it has been, obviously, for people to kind of know a little bit more of us because they, they can read the books. And we have as part of our curriculum in Braille now, her books are available in our media center so that people can read them. And then Barb being so generous has offered to give us some funding from these books as time goes on. That's pretty major because we are a nonprofit. So we take our funding from anywhere we can get it. And we are always thankful to someone who wants to support.
1: That has to be very helpful.
3: Absolutely.
0: I understand that you two met in the process of Barb interviewing you and other people at the foundation for blind children. And as we've just discussed, Grownups don't typically ask questions and aren't open about even acknowledging that the other person might have a disability. So you got to have lots of conversations like that. What kind of an impact has that had on you and others in your group that have had similar interactions?
3: Just to let you know, one of, one of our sayings at the Foundation for Blind Children is that a visual impairment or blindness, blindness is absolutely not a disability, but a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And we have it written in our gym. We have it everywhere because we do not believe it's a disability. We do believe just a diagnosis we have to overcome. And having Barb here to be so open has been really good for the students as well as the staff. It gives us the opportunity to look at things from both sides because sometimes, you know, I have goodness, it has been 40, 40 years since I was diagnosed with my vision loss. And frankly, I don't remember having 2020 vision. Um, and so sometimes I forget things. So hearing from somebody else about don't forget body language, don't forget, I just had this conversation with somebody and they said, you know, this isn't just about sighted, non-sighted. I said, I'm realizing it, that there are times that my facial expression is not saying what I truly mean. My facial expression is serious and stern because I'm thinking. And it looks like I'm, I'm really angry when all it really means is I'm deep in thought. And I said, you know, I didn't know I was doing that. I wonder if that's my visual impairment. And I was corrected to say, no, I do that too. And I have 20-20 vision. And I didn't notice it until I started using Zoom all the time that I do that too. So having someone like Barb that can come in and talk to us and ask those questions and say, what do you do when you can't read the room? Sometimes we can read it because of what is said, because of a tone of voice. There's a scene in the book. Or Emily is trying to read the room because it's quiet. And we all know if you can see anything, maybe you know people are quiet because they're staring at you. But if you can't see, you don't know. Did they leave? Are they not listening? Are they all reading their phones? You have no idea what's going on. And so you have to try to interact verbally to get their attention back. So having someone that's been in the corporate world like Barb that can ask those questions and say, well, what about this or that when you can't see what's going on? That's pretty insightful. Is there
2: anything either one of you wants to add? I don't know if people would think this is interesting, but I do, and I think it's encouraging. The Missouri Department of Education licenses an excerpt from Guiding Emily to Use in Their Standardized Testing. Isn't this wacky? Because one of the board members of the Department of Education read the book and said, We need to include more diversity in our standardized testing. And so they licensed a chunk of the book for reading comprehension. That's just so unexpected, but it's encouraging, isn't it? That's pretty
1: cool. That is pretty cool.
3: Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Well, we thank Barb for putting these books together and your interaction for how this all worked out. They're fun books.
2: Thank you so much.
0: And I think what's really special here, we've done a number of interviews with authors of books that have visually impaired protagonists, but they're mostly visually impaired authors. And to have a mainstream author, who I know you're pretty modest, but you've been on the bestseller list, put out a series of books with a blind protagonist really brings it more into the forefront and is so valuable for raising awareness so thank you for that.
2: Thank you for saying that. I I have to say this series has my full heart in it, and I still get emails at least every week from readers, newly blind adults, who say, your book has given me hope. I mean, what else could anyone ever want from what they do? And I know Julie's day-to-day is giving people hope, for sure. But for most novelists, churning out women's fiction or sweet Christmas stories, you don't have that experience. So it's it's just been life changing for me. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success. Success 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 success. Now for this
0: week's final item how to learn more about and how to get over every hurdle and how to contact both Barbara Hinsky and Julie Rock.
1: Well Barb, remind our listeners what the names of the books are, including the recent one, and where people can obtain these books.
2: Thank you. The first book is Guiding Emily. Then it's the Unexpected Path, and now Over Every Hurdle. And they're available. Um, in, they're in Kindle Unlimited on Amazon. They're in print on Amazon, and they're on Podium Audio. I'm trying to think who the publishers are, and they they're in Walmart online and target online and barnes and noble online and you know everywhere you buy books i make sure you can buy my books and you
0: have your own website where people can learn about all your books
2: yes www.barbarahinsky.com
0: can you spell that
2: yes barbara b a r b a r a hinsky h i n s k e .com thank you And you
1: also have another series of books that have become quite popular. Just tell our listeners what to look for there.
2: Yeah. My first series of books is the Rosemont series, Coming to Rosemont, and there's eight of them. It's women's fiction with a little bit of mystery, thriller, and suspense. I just can't help myself. I write mystery, thriller, and suspense. I love it. I've got The Christmas Club, which was made into a Christmas movie. I've written two books in the Wishing Tree series with a number of other Women's fiction authors, and I've written my Paws and Pastries and Sweets and Treats series of books too, and a couple of other murder mysteries.
1: And if people had questions for you, is there a way they can contact you directly?
2: The best thing would be my email, and I do answer all my emails. It's B Hinske, so the initial B Barbara, B H I N S K E, at gmail.com.
1: And Julie, Where can people find out more about the Foundation for Blind Children?
3: So they can go on to the Foundation for Blind Children website, which is seeitourway.org. S E E I T O U R W A Y dot O R G.
1: And if people had questions for you, is there a way they can contact you directly?
3: Yes, they can email me at jrock at seeitourway.org. J R O C K at S-E-E-I-T-O-U-R-W-A-Y dot O-R-G.
1: In case you missed any of that contact information in the audio, we'll have it as usual in the show notes associated with this episode at www.isonsuccess.net. Also in the show notes, we'll have links to previous interviews we did with Barbara Hinsky about some of the other books she wrote in the Guiding Emily series.
0: That's it for show number 2246. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about training low vision rehabilitation optometrists. People with newly diagnosed vision problems may not get directed to low vision optometrists who can help them adapt to their vision changes. We'll speak with Richard Jamara and Sarah Hinckley, two of the editors of a training guide for low vision optometrists who hope to train more of them and to increase awareness of their specialty so that more patients who could use their help get referred to them.
1: Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope to see you next week for the interview with these optometrists who are trying to do some really great work.